0: None of that or something you've forgotten. See, everybody's forgotten something. You we left it out. just missed it. See? See? And so I can bring this out what you've forgotten if I ask you, who
1: are you? Will you say I'm Paul Jones or whatever your name happens to be? I say, oh, no, no. no don't give me that stuff. Who are you really? Who are you? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this Landy Lodge Quarantine mini series where we're actually going to make contact with somebody not locked in my apartment. Now, before we get into that, we need to thank the beautiful people who make this episode possible. So, a big shout out to the sages of the lodge, them being Alex Pamal, David Freeze. Chris Perkowski, Leah Levette, Scott Castellano, Maria Palmieri, Julie Rossman, Charlotte Astry, Kevin McBride, Dan Muller, Andrew Clay, Roger Kemp, and Shane Driscoll. A long list of names, but it is one of those names that's joining me here today, and that's Dan Muller. Dan, what's going on, dude? Yo, yeah. hey, dog. Hey, man, I'm yeah, really nah. happy to have you on. I hope uh, you and your family are holding up well. Um,. Don't want to give the people any more of an ear beating than I already have. Let's get down to it. We have a lot to talk about, but I actually, if you don't mind, I want to talk about this video you put up on Instagram yesterday. Sure. Ask any questions. So, first of all, uh, how long have you been playing with that guitarist? Because the two of you sounded pretty tight. So,
0: I met Steve uh, last March. So, a little over a year ago now. Um, it's a funny story, so he, uh, I play in a band with him called Eithermore, and so his band hit me up for a gig uh, last March, um, and it was maybe on a week's notice, um, and I had never met any of them before. Um, well, that's that that's sort of a lie. I knew the bass pa- player, but the bassist wasn't the person who uh, who got in contact with me. It was the singer of the band who got in contact with me. Uh, but she asked me if uh, I could help them out by doing a gig for them. And I said, sure. And then, yeah, I've kind of just been playing with uh, with them ever since. Um, and are you their t-
1: official drummer or are you still a gigging drummer for them?
0: Um, I do every gig with them, so I guess I'm their official drummer at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at, originally, I was definitely a gigging drummer. I, like, didn't know what the situation was going to be like because their drummer had just left the band um, like literally leading up to that gig. Um, And then they were literally scrambling for somebody to do the show. And then I came along and they were just like, Hey, can you learn a bunch of these songs in like a week's time? And I was like, I can maybe do that. (laughs) Uh, And I, I gave it, Gave it my best effort and uh now we're much we're much better than we were then but it went well enough that we continue i was gonna say to it must have other. gone
1: well enough if you're still playing with them
0: yeah no it wasn't a train wreck um so what kind ha-
1: of what kind of music is it so there's a female lead singer
0: female lead singer uh Geordie does her own thing but uh it's like it's like emo rock music um i think the are best. we talking
1: Power More Influenced? Is that is that what we're getting at?
0: No, definitely not. Okay. Um, I think I think the best comparison to any band is actually a band by the name of Say Anything. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Jordi, um, who's like the main songwriter, she does a lot of very similar things to like uh, what Max Bemis does, especially on his earlier records, like It's a Real Boy. Um she just likes doing a lot of weird time signature things and uh changing sections very uh, pretty much all the time very just like a constant change of well, flow. How, what's
1: that like on you as a drummer constantly changing time signatures and stuff like that. Do you find so, that enjoyable um
0: yes and no. so uh, as you know, my like Ben in high school uh, butterfly convict, we did the same thing just like changing time signatures pretty much nonstop. So like I'm pretty used to it. Um, it's not, it's not something that is too much of a challenge for me anymore. Um, but it, it's still a challenge when you're just learning um, new parts. So, um, but w- once, once you get the, once you get the hang of it and you just know the songs by muscle memory, you're not really thinking about those things anymore. Um, but no, it's it's definitely a lot of fun, and I enjoy playing with them, and which is why I've continued playing with them. But yeah, Steve and I have been playing now for about about a year, a little over a year, and when all of this stuff started, we kind of just hit each other up, and we were just like, let's make these weird Instagram videos, and we've made two so far, and I think we're going to make a few more, um, either more, like just as a band is going to put one out hopefully this week we've been working on um before the whole quarantine thing started we we started working on some new music um so we'll have like a little teaser of that but unfortunately we didn't get into the studio to record it so it's literally going to be three people recording their parts on their iPhones. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll see how it sounds. What,
1: what you put up, what you put up on Instagram was uh, pretty captivating, at least on my spectrum. I, I probably listened to it like three or four times over. Um, I was happy to see that you were able to at least get together with somebody and make music. What has this whole quarantine situation been like for people who are in the music world like yourself?
0: Yeah, it's, it's so weird, right? Because, uh, we're so used to just, like, creating with other people in the room and being able to bounce ideas off each other just, like, directly. Uh, but now we we can't do that. So, like, especially with uh, Steve and I, it's been he'll send me something um, and then I'll send him uh, whatever drum part I have back. And uh, for the two videos that we've posted, it's just been – Um, like he would barely see the drum part that I had before posting it. It was just, he would just take whatever I had. Um, but just being able to literally just give whatever the hell you want, um, without anybody really telling you no is definitely a different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because like when you're working with, um, a band, there's usually like a, uh, I guess like a band leader or a musical director who um, even if like a band is set up more in a democracy, there's still going to be somebody who um, at the end of the day should be kind of directing the band in a certain way or like leading them in a certain direction. Um, I feel like that's just
1: how human beings are when they put themselves in groups, right? Like that's just how it has to function.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of bands that they don't like that, that they just want everybody to have a say. And it, it, actually just makes things infinitely more difficult um, (laughs) because you just don't have somebody going yes or no. Um, So like, even with one of the other guys I play drums for, we, we, we still, we have somebody who says yes and no, even though we all contribute, contribute for him um, and what his songs sound like at the end of the day, it's his decision, um, which is kind of really helpful. And also, I think I remember going over this on um, the last time I was on your podcast, uh, but you asked me like how to be creative, like what's what's the best way um, to be creative, and I said basically to limit yourself, so basically put yourself in a confined space and find a way out of it. So the way I kind of think of it is that you get stuck in a hole, and uh, it's you, you're in this hole and you have a shovel. Uh, so you basically have to dig your way out or you have to find a creative way um, out of that situation. And that's kind of the way I think about music is that if you put me in a confined space, I'm kind of I'm kind of forced to be my my most creative.
1: Well, it kind of it forces you to commit to something too, right? Like you you you're able to decide what works and what doesn't work when you're limited so much just from the reduction in options.
0: Exactly. If, if I have a blank canvas, as great as that is because I can literally do anything, it's a detriment because I can literally do anything. I'm not going to know what I want to do. Um, but if you just tell me, hit quarter notes on the snare drum, you have to do that and then you can do whatever the hell, whatever else you want to do. Um, that at least gives me some guidelines into uh, my space.
1: Not to get too existential about it, but I feel like that puts you right on the border of like chaos and order. Like there's enough order to uh, put you within the confines of what you know you need to work with, like hitting those quarter notes. But like there's enough chaos that you can free form everything around those quarter notes.
0: Exactly. So this is also like. Very similar to Animal Crossing, which we've both been playing basically (laughs) religiously, but like they give you a tiny island, um, but then they also give you like all of the materials you need to make it pretty much whatever you want, um, but you're still confined to this tiny island.
1: Yeah, I think, and at least for me, what I found is the most beneficial thing is learning how to make the most of limited space, you know? It's like you kind of need to choose a plot and decide, well, this plot is going to be a cafe and the cafe can't be bigger than this plot because I already built these roads. And of course, if you wanted to, you could flip the whole board over and restructure the whole thing. But you find that, like you said, because you're confined to one island, you have to really choose, you know, grid by grid, like space by space, what's going to be what or else you're just going to be lost in throwing whatever you can at the at the canvas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've struggled so much with Animal Crossing, especially because I'm trying not to um change my island too much. <laughs> uh I'm trying to kind of keep it in the realm that I started with, so I've only moved like a few uh things and then trying to go along with the horrible mistakes I've made. <laughs> um but also that's just that's that's literally like creation in and of itself. Um, no, it's
1: been so much fun playing. I feel like, because at least with what I do for work, it requires me to be very creative, um, at least visually. Like, there's a lot of things that I do that are, you know, the est- the visual aesthetics are a big part of it. And working with Animal Crossing al- almost makes me feel like I'm strengthening those no- those muscles. Like I'm becoming a better graphic designer because I'm kind of, you know... Reinforcing the need for symmetry and my brain's ability to line that up and recognize those patterns. It's it's very interesting.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a completely different. Um, it's, it's bringing me different, like completely different ways of thinking. Especially because uh, my general like creative side is way more. Um, I guess it, it's more sound oriented because I'm a musician. So now I'm in that game. I'm forced to be crea- uh, visually creative. Um, so now like I'm almost trying to take those ideas, um, which I'm still trying to figure out what those ideas are, but I'm trying to take those ideas and implement them into my drumming. Um, which is it's just it, it, it's very it's, it's a very strange process. Um, when I was um, whenever I'm making music, right? I always think of things. Um, kind of visually, at least. Um, So the things that I'm generally influenced by when I'm creating my own music is not by other music. It's by the things around me. So if I'm writing a drum part for something, um, I'll listen to the song that I'm writing for and then try to uh, compare it to a real-life thing. So if somebody sends me a song... And then I'm like, oh, this sounds really like outdoorsy or it sounds like I'm supposed to be in nature. I'm going to be more influenced by uh, being in nature than I Mm -hmm. am by the actual sounds
1: that are coming into my ears. Interesting. That's very interesting. Because I feel like in a way, not that there's anything wrong with letting other music or other musicians influencing you, but I feel like maybe by directing your focus towards other things for influence, you're almost kind of putting more of your own creativity into it, right? It's like if I was listening to Pink Floyd a lot and I said, hey, I want to write a song like Pink Floyd... Inevitably, whatever I come out with will be less of myself and more of Pink Floyd just from that being the case. But I feel like with what you're doing, it kind of leaves more room for you to put yourself and your own creative input into the process.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could still definitely be creatively um, involved and like creatively influenced by other music. I mean, of course, I'm still influenced by the music I listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, I just for some reason, my brain has always gone to, um, other types of influences. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think when, when you're kind of trying to, um, I don't want to say mimic, but when, when you're heavily influenced by, um, other music for it to really become like turn into more original thoughts and more yourself, you really have to understand, um, the music that you're influenced by. Um, and not just like understanding what the songs mean or anything, but just like understanding what exactly is going on, um, in, um, like what's going on musically and like the emotions being delivered and exactly what you're feeling when you, when you listen to the song. Um, so while those influences obviously exist for me, I've always just had an easier time going um, in a different direction, uh, because it's just easier for me to relate to, um, just to like other thi- like other things that help me be creative. I guess that's the best way I could put it.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but going back to either more, I've, did you guys, how is this like How's this whole quarantine situation influenced your plans? At least or at least that band's plans. Like, did you have an EP or shows coming up that had to be delayed? Like, is there any sort of plan moving forward for how to keep buzz generated? So
0: I don't think we had any shows planned. We were we were starting to dive into like really writing. We wanted to do nice. like a three or four song EP. Um yeah. so we have we we have basically one full song uh completed that was ready to record. So we'll put out like a little like snippet, like a minute long section of the song, um, on Instagram. And then just dive we were gonna dive right into recording. But um we've been generally doing uh one show a month uh for the past year. And I don't think that was really gonna change. I think we were generally gonna be doing one to two shows um a month. And then I've also like um I play with other bands, um, who that stuff actually was affected. Mm -hmm. Um, but with either more, yeah, there was nothing really specific. We had no like no official plans to head into a studio or anything. It was mostly just, um, getting these songs written. And now with us being all here, um, I actually think there's – I mean, we can still try to write these songs. We can still do what we've been doing with these iPhone videos, just sending um, sending it back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it does become a little bit more difficult um, just because we're not bouncing the ideas off each other um, face-to-face. It becomes a longer process instead of yeah, inevitably. being able to sit in a room for three hours and uh, just think about things.
1: Well, I think it's just, the, it's just the ability to communicate that obviously slows things down. I mean, look, you and I have been, what, recording for, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, give or take 20 minutes right now. And for us to have texted or emailed back and forth, this entire conversation would have taken us hours. You know, you and I are able to establish a lot of dialogue, thoughts, and ideas in 20 minutes that any other way of communicating would just take hours on end to express everything that we've expressed, even in this small pocket of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially like through text and stuff, it would have taken more than just hours. It would have taken literal days <laughs> 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 because I'm I'm not the best at responding because I literally forgot to text you back yesterday.
1: <laughs> no, that's okay. Dude, the amount of people I've forgotten to text back the last three weeks, I don't feel bad, but... Oy you know, it's easy. I don't know. I'm somebody, I try really hard not to be too attached to my phone. And like, I use my phone for a lot of things. Like I handle this entire podcast through my phone, but I really do try to stay separate from my phone and keep it in another room at least for a few hours every day. Just leave my phone somewhere else and be in a room without it.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, it's been, so like during this whole quarantine, um, it's been really rough, I guess, like on my eyes, um because a i have bad vision to begin with but i'm just surrounded by screens all the time now yeah um because i'm i'm working from home um and then if i'm like in a meeting i have to just look at a screen and if i um if it, once i'm done with work i'm just looking at more screens i don't even have that downtime anymore um to sit on a train for 45 minutes and just like close my eyes before getting home It's, I'm done with work, and then I watch TV.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also, it's like, even on weekends, right, where maybe, like, you know, by now, you and I would have been out playing softball on Sundays, or, you know, you have your Saturday nights out or stuff. It's like, you know, you spend time not looking at your screen, because you're either, you know, talking to your friends, or you're engaging in activity, or you're probably jamming with your band, or one of the other bands that you play with, you know, you're engaged in these activities that keep you off your phone, keep you away from the TV and stuff. But like you're saying now, if we're all forced to stay inside and in our homes between computers, phones, TVs, and fucking video games, it's, there's going to be blue light everywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I I woke up like yesterday morning um, with literal tears coming out of my eyes. It was so bad to the point where I, I just, I got out of bed and, I grabbed my computer and I I started just like browsing literally nothing um and I couldn't help but basically just like have tears flowing out of my eyes so I just threw my computer just like somewhere else and I just had to sit on the couch with my eyes closed even though I was wide awake <laughs> um, I just had to not look at a screen for a solid, like, hour and a half.
1: <laughs> no, dude, I get it, man. Dude, they're they're finding, there's been a lot of studies that blue light really isn't the best thing for your eyes. And they're trying to work on some, like, blue light glasses that can help block out the light. And from what I've seen, they have some of those, but they all look stupid. Because I guess they just have to because the tech isn't there yet.
0: Well, they have, like, the they have blue light in, like, blue light filters, essentially, in glasses. Yeah. Like, my glasses do have blue light filters okay um, for you. so yeah, so um it, there is a noticeable difference um before I had these glasses. um, my last pair of glasses did not have that blue light filter, mm-hmm. and the irritation on my eyes was significantly worse than it is now. um now it's still kind of bad, but I think it's um I think it's a lot worse now just because I'm just surrounded by so many screens. Um, but I noticed a, a, a difference right away when I was still at the office working. Um, I wasn't, like, basically tearing up at work. Prior to having these glasses, I was essentially tearing up at work because the the light was just so bad on my eyes.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. I, yeah, I've, I've really had a, I've had a few experiences where I've teared up from having to look at screens too long. But, geez, man, you have been eating some carrots, getting that vitamin A.
0: Dude, I've been eating more carrots than I've ever eaten before. I feel like the one <laughs> thing that this quarantine has done is that it's like forced me to like eat better
1: food. Um, See, I think there's because- two roads people have taken this quarantine. There's that road where people are eating healthier, and there's the other road where people are literally on DoorDash seven days a week.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're not doing DoorDash seven days a week. We We, we get groceries every two weeks. And it's all like pretty healthy food. So we, we've we been cooking five to six days of the week and then we'll we'll treat ourselves uh, during the weekend. Yeah, but we've kind of normally kinda I'm been eating, like pretty wave. good food.
1: Yeah, we've been kind of doing the same thing where, you know, most of the week we, we cook our food and stay healthy. But we, we let ourselves get a little bad once or twice a week, you know, order fucking fifty dollars worth of Indian food. It's no big deal. Hell yeah, man. I remember the, the first
0: time I was on the show, uh, Super Fry had just reopened, and today they <laughs> announced that it was shutting down for the week, and I'm so upset.
1: Oh, just for the week though? It's not. It's not rest in peace. It's not We're rest in pumping. peace.
0: It's, it's just for the week. They're taking a break for the week. But like, I haven't had Super Fry since uh, the quarantine started, and I've wanted it like every week. So now I have well, to wait they, another the other week.
1: Do they? Do they? Um. Uh, do they still only do cash?
0: I doubt it.
1: No, I they don't. Been they, there they, like don't. Si- they don't?
0: No, I've been there since and they've taken card.
1: Okay, cuz I've not been to Superfly probably in like 6 to 8 months, maybe even more. But yeah, last time I was there they were still only doing cash. Um but yeah, I hope that's just them wanting to take a week off and not them, you know, running short cuz I'm sure there are some businesses especially like, you know, individual and family-owned ones like that who they don't necessarily have the funds that corporate America does to stay open during these times.
0: No, not at all. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is just uh, a week-long break because they've been worked way too hard.
1: <laughs> I want to hope so, too. I want to hope so, too. I try. I've been. Charlotte and I have been ordering from one of our favorite places just because the idea that this place might shut down because of this quarantine for good absolutely terrifies us. So we'll throw them our money every once in a while.
0: Yeah, and we've been when we when we order out, we've been trying not to do like Grubhub or like one of the apps because they just take a huge cut of every yep. order made. So now we're 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 going back to uh, calling the uh, yeah call these the establishments, establishment. <laughs> 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 which I'm yeah, not got good it. at.
1: <laughs> no, I hear you, but uh, I want to go back to Animal Crossing for a second. So obviously, we mentioned I've mentioned on the last podcast with Charlotte that this game is it's it's bringing in veteran gamers who have been doing it since playing since they were kids and it's bringing in people who have never really played video games before does this game deserve to be a game of the year nominee yes you would think so right what what's what would be the case you build for it um i th- so part of it is just that it's
0: circumstantial Um, I think this was the perfect game at the perfect time. Um, It just came when everybody needed some semblance of normalcy. And even though living on an island with talking animals is not normal, you're still (laughs) building uh, a life for your, it's a life simulator. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But Also, it's just so well designed. Um, Everything is pretty well thought out. There, there are kinks here and there that could be better. Um, But in terms of just like making a game fun, but also the game is the game in reality. While the pieces for the game are like pretty complex. Like at, at at the core of the game, it's the most basic game maybe ever made. You you go fishing, you 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 pick up some wood, you pick up some rocks, and you build stuff. That's the yeah. entire <laughs> game. Um but it's just so well crafted. Um I, I can't see how it's not a game of the year nomination.
1: I think one thing it has going for it, and like there have obviously been other life simulators, other world builder games, like this is not the first of its kind, but at least in my experience this is the best sort of life simulator world builder game i've ever played and that's a very to me for someone like me who's loved those kind of games like i grew up playing harvest moon grew up playing sim city roller coaster tycoon fell in love with stardew valley a couple of years back but now this it's we were talking about the canvas and the ability to be creative and i don't think i've ever played a game that gives me more options to be creative than this one i mean there is a square in my town outside the Abel Sisters that showcases a bunch of the artwork that I've, I've either made or downloaded. And at the center of that square is a portrait of Danny DeVito. Now, where <laughs> else can I get this fucking experience and have portraits of Danny DeVito as paintings, T-shirts, tile? Like, what? Who else is offering me this?
0: Literally, literally nothing else. And maybe I think maybe it, Minecraft.
1: Exactly. And like while, I, while this is a very silly example that I'm bringing up, there are a million examples just like this where I'm not seeing even these little, these little Easter eggs or these little fun bits. Uh, I don't see them in other life simulators. I think they're pretty unique to Animal Crossing. But it is worth saying this version of the game, this edition at the very least, seemed to be very heavily influenced by Minecraft, having you bring that up.
0: Oh, very much so. All the terraforming is yep. pretty much stolen from Minecraft.
1: <laughs> the terraforming and the uh, the DIY stuff. All the yeah. tool crafting and stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it is literally just Minecraft with animals. Not exactly, but it, it's definitely heavily influenced by it.
1: <laughs> Can you see yourself playing this game one year from today? You know, I thought about this
0: either earlier today or yesterday. I don't remember. Um, but uh, I had I had the same thought where I was just like, "How long am I actually gonna play this game?" Like, good night. Sorry about that. We can cut that out. (laughs) Um, so I was trying to figure out how long I'm gonna play this game, um, and
1: good night. We can cut that out too. Let me just do a clap so I know where to get it. All right. Keep going.
0: Um, and, um, I was wondering if, uh, am I just going to stop playing this when the next game comes out? Cause I'm trying to think what the next, uh, big game for me is, and it was going to be the last of us. Um, but that's been indefinitely delayed. Who knows when that's coming out now? Um, so I'm like, all right, what's the next game that's going to come out? Is SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom going to be the game that gets me to stop <laughs> playing this game? I'm like seriously thinking about it. I'm just like, holy crap, this is like I I don't think I'm going to be I don't think SpongeBob is going to get me to stop playing this game. So I think I think I'll be playing this game at least through um I think realistically like through the end of the year. I'm not sure if this time next year I'll be playing it, I think I'll be picking it up every so often this time next year, um, but I don't. I'm not convinced I'll be playing it um, every morning when I play it. That's it. Like I also think it's based on the the circumstances that we'll uh, be in at that point. Because if if something happens and we're like magically back at work um, in September. Like I'm not gonna want to look at another video game when this quarantine's all over at least for like another six months. Um, I'm gonna be so burnt out <laughs> from video games.
1: So um, I'll say if this keeps up, if if this keeps up, and if I'm playing as many video games as I am now in August, I'll agree with you. But you know that's basically if it's a summer because I usually play most of my video games in the winter for obvious reasons. But if it's a summer that feels like a winter. Having us inside and shit. I think I might actually be in the same boat as you, where it come September I'll just be burnt out.
0: Yeah, I think I think if we're back to some sense of normalcy, um, that's when uh, I'll start leaning away from playing so much video games because it's literally all I've been doing. Between I'll play drums for a little bit. I will play Animal Crossing for a little bit and I will play Guitar Hero for a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that, I'll tell you... Th- those have been my days. I-, I tell you, it lines up perfectly because there were three games I was really looking forward to this year. Three games more than anything I was looking forward to. And that was one of them being Animal Crossing, one of them being Persona 5 The Royal, and one of them being Final Fantasy 7 Remake. And they all came out within a month of each other. So... There's not really much, just like you, that I'm looking forward to later in the year. Like, there's going to be a Pokemon DLC that I'll be able to enjoy, but that's not going to last more than a month or two. Um, There's Cyberpunk coming out in the fall. I don't know how much you've seen of Cyberpunk. Um, Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of it. It looks interesting, but I feel like the only reason I'm considering playing it is because there's nothing else coming out at that time.
0: Cyberpunk lost me when it was a first person shooter. I'm not a first person uh like game player at all. I'm all about the third person. And mm-hmm. for a game that is so heavily reliant on customization like character customization, um, and like your literal physical appearance um being important in Cyberpunk, I think it's completely absurd that it's a first person game. Um but also I well, just don't like first person games. So well let me let me
1: let me let me challenge that first point. I actually agree with you that in a game that is trying to sell you on the ability to customize, that you're not going to be able to see the avatar you craft is a little wild. Do you think at least they go the Skyrim route where they give you the option of both first person and third person? Um, With that said, I mean, if there's a lot of cutscenes that your character gets to behave at least relatively uniquely in, I could see that being a decent enough trade-off. But I do agree with your first point. It is kind of silly. That you at least don't have a third person option, but the yeah. game looks fun. But I really think the only reason I'm interested in it is because nothing else is coming out at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of cutscenes. I've I've seen a good amount of like from the game, um, but none of it really captivates me. And I think you do see your character in the cutscenes, um, so that that is a solid trade-off. But yeah, I'm just like so uninterested in it because oh, it's what is it? Specifically what, what first about person.
1: first-person shooters? Uh, re- repulses you.
0: I just, I just get dizzy. I live life in first person. <laughs> I don't need to play a video game in first person too. I want to see my character. <laughs> Are you? Did you
1: ever play GoldenEye on the N sixty four growing up?
0: I've p- probably played it. I've definitely played Damn, like so those types
1: is, of games. Because I was gonna say one thing Does I it, think it, will be cool. Go ahead. I was
0: going to say, isn't GoldenEye, like, pretty well known for having a terrible camera system, or is that a different game?
1: Uh, well, it's got a terrible camera system by today's standards, but back in the mid-90s, you know, it was adequate. Gotcha. But I bring that up because I feel like first-person shooters are going to be the first ones to go full-blown VR. Because I feel like when you think about the player interface, it kind of simplifies it, because, like, VR goggles kind of are your view, and in a first-person shooter. So I feel like because that's so compatible, that's one of the first we're going to see. Yeah, I mean, we're
0: already seeing like Half-Life Alex uh, that just came out um, is basically an entire first-person shooter in VR and people are loving it. I mean, very few people are playing it because people don't really play VR games, but um, it's getting like absolutely stellar
1: reviews. How do you feel about Nintendo saying they don't really ever see themselves being a VR company?
0: I mean, I have controversial opinions on VR, so I generally please share I agree these with controversial Nintendo. opinions. I hate VR. I think VR is so <laughs> dumb. Um, I think it's so limiting. I think, yeah i I think the future is not virtual reality. I think it's augmented reality. I think having a game show up in the real life situation that you are is more compelling to me. Um and also when you're in virtual reality you can only do one thing at a time and that is play the game. Um you cannot because you're just wearing a giant mask on your face. Yeah, you can't have um, a drink
1: of water or anything.
0: I mean, you can have a drink of water, but um but like you're you're just so consumed by it. I don't see it taking off the way that I would see something like an augmented reality game taking so off. So tell me tell me what
1: an augmented reality game looks like.
0: Well, augmented reality is basically putting those virtual, um, I guess, landscapes and virtual uh, items into your real-life surroundings.
1: Hold on one second. I'm just going to
0: plug in my computer charger real quick.
1: All good. All good. So so how would, would an think- Animal Crossing AR game look?
0: Oh, I don't know if an Animal Crossing AR game would work. Um, It would probably be, be more similar to um, like the iPhone game like Pocket Camp where you'll just see like um, your Animal Crossing villagers walking around your living room um, but like once again like I don't think I don't think these types of games are going to be the games that um, are going to be we're not going to see so many of them that it's we're gonna see these huge worlds built out in VR or AR. Um, I think an AR game is definitely closer to a mobile game at best, um, where it's a lot of these items just showing up in your living room and you can interact with them. Um, maybe maybe like a high tech augmented reality game is that it turns your living room into. Um, I don't know, a hellscape where you have to shoot demons, but it's still based on um, where you currently are. It's not creating, it's creating a room basically specifically for your experience um, because you're in that specific room. So it has to adopt to your room. That's kind of how I see um, an augmented reality game compared to virtual reality, which is completely pre rendered.
1: Well, let me ask you, that's quite a leap in technology from where we are today, right? Like, I feel like we can't expect to see that for a long time.
0: I mean, I'm not convinced we ever see see it to begin with. I just think it's more compelling. Um, I, I also don't think virtual reality is really going to take off. I think it's so far been like kind of somewhat of a flop. But that's just me. You
1: Note know I think happens first before VR video games is going to be VR movies. I think that happens first because I feel like that's way more compatible because you don't, the user doesn't need to interact with the simulation. The simulation can just run. I mean, that's basically,
0: I mean, we're, we're 75% of the way there with like screens that will wrap around the theater, right? Yeah. Yeah that's basically what a VR um, movie experience would essentially be doing. But then the way to see the left part of the screen is that you're just turning your head and now you're seeing a different part of the screen. And then if you want to see your right part of the screen, you're just turning um, the right part and then you're looking up and down. Um, so I, th- I actually think we're actually like pretty close to that kind of experience.
1: Um, and I feel like that's really compelling because that opens so many doors, right? Because You know, in terms of video games, there's always replay value, right? I feel like having the ability to only see maybe one-third or one side of the screen per viewing, you know? It's like you could watch a movie and be fixated on the center of it, but there could be an entire detail on the right that influences the plot that you miss because you were fixated on the center or on the focus. But you could have looked over to the right and you could have seen the twist coming, you know, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: no, I think that's definitely super compelling, and that like that's actually like a really compelling part of virtual reality games too, where um, you can set it up so that um, there are literally like different branching storylines that could exist because you look to the left part of the screen instead of the right part of the screen. Um, I think that might be like how like the new Half Life game actually works. I I haven't played it, I but. Uh, from everything I've read, is that it's basically everything VR should be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's...
1: Um, I I see the, the compelling point for there. Yeah, I could see that totally getting over, especially because I feel like movie theaters, they need something like this, or else they're just going to die off in 25 years. I, I just I just don't see room for them. And I feel like a lot of them are going to get killed off from this anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are probably going to get killed off from this anyway, which is really sad. I'm not I'm I'm conflicted because I think the people who want VR tend to be like the more hardcore audiences. Uh, So at least for like for movies, I'm definitely not in the hardcore audience category. Like I I see a few movies a year. Um, and I think my viewpoint in twenty five years is probably going to be the same as it is now, where I just want to go and look at a giant screen and be entertained for two hours. Um, so I'm not I'm not totally convinced that a like the VR thing will have to really become prominent for movie theaters to continue to succeed. I think the idea that you're I think the idea of movies. Uh, for a lot of people especially for like a lot of casual viewers is just being able to get out for a night and see something cool on a screen and then go on with your day and then have something to talk about with your friends i think that um is just such a huge appeal for uh casual moviegoers, which um there's so many more casual obviously uh than the hardcore moviegoer.
1: Well, because it's such an easy experience to get in your home now, right? It's like it doesn't really matter what's in the movie theaters anymore because all the brilliant movies of the last 10 years are available for streaming somewhere. So it's like for such a reduced cost, you could catch up on some of the best movies ever made in the last 10 years and not need to leave your living room, you know? It was different when DVDs were $15 each. You know, you could only have so much. You could only have as much as you could afford
0: yeah I mean during this quarantine, one thing I've been doing is just watching a lot of movies also um, and I've just been catching up on like all of like these really excellent movies for zero
1: dollars. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta be honest I have not we I've not watched a movie. I've not watched TV. I haven't seen Tiger King. I'm so when it comes to like cinema and TV I've just been completely out of the loop since the Mandalorian ended.
0: Oi, I haven't watched Tiger King either, so I, I feel you on that. I can't talk to you about that because I have no idea. Everybody loves it, um, <laughs> but I have not watched it yet. But I've been watch, I've been watching like all of these Disney movies that I've never seen before. And anything good? Oh man, today I watched uh, Big Hero Six, which was very good.
1: Yeah, I heard um, good things about Big Hero Six.
0: I like that one a lot. Um, I watched Inside Out, which was phenomenal. Um, I watched Up for the first time. I watched WALL-E for the first time. Oh, so
1: you're on a Pixar run, man. I'm Good on a
0: Pixar I mean Pixar Pixar is peak, peak animation. Um, but I've watched some like non animated films. I watched her about a month ago. Um Why last- would
1: you watch her during a quarantine dan? Yeah, were-
0: yeah, uh I don't know if the quarantine had started yet. Okay, it was like okay, maybe okay. right at the beginning of it. Um, <laughs> so we didn't really know how long it was going to last. Um, but it was a good movie. It's a good movie. I watched Ex Machina last week. I've been mean uh, to get around to well, that. I heard that movie's tremendous. Dude, that movie is insane. <laughs> um, I watched Snowpiercer a few days ago. Um, which is... Uh, did you see Parasite? No. No. Uh, You should see Parasite, first of all. Uh, So, Snowpiercer is by the same guy who uh, did Parasite. Uh, Parasite's amazing. I didn't love Snowpiercer, though. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've watched. I've I've watched a decent amount of movies. Hold on, I'm bringing up my litter box so it can tell me. Um,
1: I want to ask you what a litter box is, but I don't want us to get derailed. Letterbox. Letterbox. Okay, I was like, what is this quarantine doing to you?
0: (laughs) No, Letterboxd is like a movie tracking app essentially, where you can just like you watch a movie and then you just like rate it and then you can see what your friends have rated movies. It's Oh uh, cool. So it's like a
1: movie movie social media of sorts. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh no, I basically listed all the movies I've seen. Ex Machina Ex Machina is the latest movie that I've seen that wasn't animated, which is just absolutely wild and
1: highly recommended have you i'm sure you've heard of studio ghibli right no you've never heard of studio ghibli no okay so to put it in layman's terms it's japan's pixar like have you heard of the films spirited away howl's moving castle stuff like that i want to say i've heard of spirited away but i've never seen it Ah, uh, if you're looking for a good animated film, I I can highly recommend Spirited Away. Definitely, ah, uh, definitely unique, and uh, takes a lot of risks artistically. It's a hell of a film. But yeah, if you're still trying to, if Pixar dries up for you and you're still trying to keep an animation wave going, I would definitely look into Studio Ghibli. Um, his the uh, the art style that the uh, founder Miyazaki, it's the art style Breath of the Wild was really heavily inspired by.
0: Oh, that's really cool. I'd be interested in that.
1: Yeah, so you can expect to see a lot of that kind of style in the in the movies. But that's dope shit. Well, listen, dude, we got like 15 minutes left, I want to say. I don't know if there's anything we wanted to talk about or if we want to take a minute and think, anything we wanted to touch on.
0: Dude, I turned on American Idol before this because there's nothing on television and Katy Perry was wearing a... um. A hand sanitizer costume, like a full-blown, like, cardboard hand sanitizer costume.
1: Dan, I have to be honest with you. This is I haven't had cable in years. I thought American Idol wasn't a thing anymore. American Idol was has wasn't been a back? thing.
0: Uh, I want to say this is the first season back. I could be wrong, though.
1: Uh, that would make me feel better. Make me feel like less of a mole person.
0: Yeah, i I think this is the first season back. I don't watch it, but it's on TV. And I didn't want to have uh, the Michael Jordan documentary on in the background. I want to actually watch that. Uh, so I'll watch that in the morning. But that's on right
1: now, too. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, do you think we're going to have a softball season this summer? I don't. <laughs> we're going to preface this before we continue. We're not experts, but you don't, huh? No, I, I really don't. I
0: think... I get the feeling that um, at best we'll have like maybe a fall season, um, but I, I even think that might be pushing it. I think it's gonna be really difficult to have a season this year. Um,
1: you don't think they do don't... something like from July to November, one long season? I I think if they
0: were given like if it was possible to do that, they would. I don't know if it's gonna be possible to do that still. Um,
1: yeah, because I feel like July is the earliest you could do that. If this had to get pushed to August or September, it's really only going to be a fall length season. I also just think that people have to. I think people are going to be worried
0: about this whole thing coming back and spiking again. um One hundred percent, as the they should. Fall. Yeah. So like, ABA could come come and say, hey, we're starting in July, but like i don't know by september this thing could be back and there goes the entire season i i i personally don't think this season i i think you could throw away the season and it's it is what it is i mean i my personal opinion is that we should just be um we, we should just go through this whole thing where we we separate ourselves um and kind of just get through it together. We're all going through this thing all at the same time for the first time ever, basically in like human history Mm -hmm. um, where we're just like all locked down. So um, I think we kind of just need to get it over with. Um, And that includes softball. I went for a bike ride yesterday um, and I decided that I was going to uh, ride to the beach on like that uh, Cedar Creek path.
1: Mhm.
0: And I got to the park and it was packed. I couldn't even park in the parking <laughs> lot because there were no parking spots available in any parking lot. I drove around the entire the entire park. Um but yeah, there were just way too many people there and that's when I realized I probably shouldn't be riding to the beach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, man, at least around here, man, people are starting to get outside. You know, I know the lockdown is until mid May, but there's definitely pockets of people who just don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, I think it's because they're starting to see like uh there might be a decline in the numbers right now. Well
1: the numbers so- right now are encouraging, but it's worth it's worth cautioning, like you said, it can re spike if you're not careful. Even though the numbers have been encouraging the last few weeks. Well last I don't want to say last few weeks, the last week. Yeah. Um I, yeah, I think people are
0: just like being really optimistic right now. Um and uh yeah, there were just so many people. I did not think it was going to be that packed. I thought I thought I was going to get there and I was like, "Oh, man. I it was a really nice day yesterday, but like I thought I was going to get there and just be like, oh, there's nobody here. This is going to be great. This is going to be so easy." It was the opposite of that. Yeah. Though. Yeah.
1: It's it's one thing to be out there when it's kind of a barren wasteland. It's another thing to be out there when it's a circus, you know?
0: Yeah, especially like uh, have you have you done like any outdoor exercise? Uh, Charlotte
1: Charlotte and I go for walks. That's the most we do. You go for do. walks. Yeah. Uh, I mean some you, run, some run but walk. We do you walk, walk around the neighborhood. Mess? Uh I I put a scarf around my uh nose and mouth and she puts a she puts a mask on.
0: Yeah, I I rode yesterday wearing a mask. Um so I at least had some protection on my face. Mm-hmm. Um and it is really difficult to breathe. Um,
1: yeah it's annoying man it, it's not it's not ideal I'll tell you that I'll deal with it because you know I, I encourage everyone to get some kind of sunlight um, so I'll deal with it but fuck it's annoying
0: yeah yesterday was the day I realized that like I can't be if I'm riding my if I'm gonna go out and ride my bike um, I think I need to do it early in the morning
1: yeah when the um, world's
0: asleep when the, exactly when everybody's asleep? Because I did it like midday yesterday, and I was like, "This is a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> I recognized well, I it right you. away.
1: I gotta tell you, man. See, like some people are being optimistic now and thinking now's a good time to get back out there. I'm of the I'm of the school fall right now, where optimistically, optimistically, I think everyone should just stay the fuck indoors, and then maybe we can have our Fourth of July barbecue. But. I'm definitely of the school of thought that, you know, people should stay inside, do what you can, get sunlight, don't, you know, don't be a complete shut in. But um, I do, at the very least, encourage people to keep using caution through the spring at the least.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. That's the best way to, to go about it. Otherwise, just like play board games on the Internet. You can do that now. We have the yeah, technology. It's a, it's a
1: five dollar Catan phone app.
0: Dude, you can play Catan for free online. That's what I've been doing every week.
1: Yeah, yeah. dude, we dude. I, we haven't played Catan together yet, have we? We have not. We need to. We need to do that. We need to get something like that going. That could be right. cool. You know, it might be interesting. I actually think that might be the best way to do a Catan cast
0: that probably is the best way to do catan cast
1: cuz i could just um, record the the catan screen in obs and then just save the skype or zoom session exactly interesting look at this brainstorming mid podcast how interesting
0: yeah you should i'll i'll send you the link to um the catan website we've been using um so this catan website is um it's a three player game and then if you want to do four players you have to pay money which sucks um gotcha. so uh i would suggest before doing like a Catan cast unless actually yeah just do it on the fly it's more fun that way you're gonna have to figure out the functionality of the thing because it's kind of wonky um the first time we played using this system uh it took a the game was like a solid like hour and a half when usually Catan games are like an hour tops um, it took us a good half hour to figure out how. Wait, like, to figure your out what Catan we were
1: doing. games are an hour tops. Yeah, we go by. Is that fast or slow for you? That's fast for me. Usually, I'd... my games are at least an hour and a half.
0: No, we're very quick.
1: We're very quick. We have a lot, lot of negotiating goes on, at least in my circles. Lots of negotiation. We we do we definitely do trades, um, but
0: I don't know. We kind of I don't want to say we limit it, but we we pretty much say immediately whether or not we're going to do the trade or not. We're we're not going back and forth very often. It's usually like hey, can you trade this for this or this or this? Um yeah, and it goes by pretty quickly. It's not
1: we we don't we don't drag it out too much. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. That could uh that could definitely be a lot of fun. Hey, uh do you think GameStop's fucked? Uh 100%. I think they're so fucked. I knew they're fucked the second they started buying old phones. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I mean yeah they're 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 definitely fucked. Um, I'm I, I don't want to say I'm concerned. I mean I'll be sad for everybody who loses their job fr- uh, from GameStop. because there was definitely there are definitely ways they can handle like doing the quarantine even though they're definitely not essential business. not uh, at all. they could have done like the like curbside pickup type deal. Um, but yeah, they're fucked, and we don't like especially on Long Island, we don't have any like uh independent game stores
1: I mean there's the video game trading post, but they mostly specialize in uh retro gaming,
0: yeah, they don't really do any new games, so finding an independent game store is gonna be uh super difficult, so I think uh if gamestop really uh really crashes um I think. I'm either going all digital with my games, which I've basically done already, or I'm going to just have to buy from Amazon, which might be worse from buying
1: than buy- from buying from GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, here's the way I see things, is I always want a physical copy. Like, I, I downloaded Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII digitally, you know, just because, even though I had the games pre-ordered, um, I just downloaded it digitally, cut your fucking losses, keep my $5 down payment, I don't give a shit. Um... I always want a physical copy, but you don't need a GameStop to do that. One of the things I'll miss the most is that shop is awesome for like, how do you put it? Like merchandise. Like some of the coolest merch from your favorite franchises can be found at your local GameStop. Whether it's statues or t-shirts, notebooks, um, anything you imagine, mugs, you know, tons of cool shit.
0: Yeah, they they literally have everything. And I actually like low key like the direction they were eventually going. Uh so, like they started selling all the Funko toys. Yep. Um, yeah. And they became they they did become more of a merchandise shop than really even a game store. Um And I had- feel
1: like if they if they um if they do when when they do die out, I do think the pieces that remain will probably rebuild that corporation into something like that.
0: I just hope EB Games doesn't go down with them even though I think they will.
1: Um, uh they probably will. I mean GameStop yeah, can... owns EB Games.
0: Yeah, but like EB Games is still uh individually franchised out. Yeah, that is true. Um so they'll probably still exist
1: but there's just none around here anymore. Um Yeah, they all got bought out. Um It's crazy, man. There's going to be a lot of changes, you know, whether this thing ends in the summer or it ends in, you know, the winter. Definitely going to be a lot of changes. Um, I think most of those changes will actually be good, but I think some of those changes are going to be pretty tough, and a lot of it's going to be businesses like GameStop getting fucked.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be. Uh, it's definitely going to be super devastating, um, and we're like already seeing like the economy doing what it's doing, um, and. Nobody has a real idea whether or not it's going to bounce back. I think everybody's expecting it to bounce back once we have this thing under control. But I don't think anybody is like really sure of it. We just don't um, know when
1: that under control is. And that's what's worrying. It's like, yeah, when, when things go back to normal, because like, what's unique about this recession is it was caused by a global virus pandemic. You know, it's not necessarily the same as 2008 with the housing crisis and the foreclosures um this was triggered by something external so yeah of course when things go back to normal the market's going to bounce back i mean the economy's fucked in the long term anyway but you'll see a short-term bounce back um but the problem is we don't know when that is like that could be two years from now the word normal and this can't go on for two years without you know other consequences
0: yeah and also normal is going to be completely different than what we're expecting it to be
1: yeah, a lot of jobs are going to be done from home now, and I do think that is for the better. I think a lot of jobs get done from home, and I think a lot of companies already are moving into automation. Like, the automation I mean, thing just sped up.
0: Yeah, I mean, my job is basically in, like, is, is essentially in automation, Um, because I, I work in tech. I work in, like, product design, um. But, yeah, I mean, more, more and more people are definitely going to be working from home. You're going to see companies shifting to at least learn and, like, develop work from home um, systems. Because I think one thing that we've kind of learned through this whole thing is that a lot of companies weren't prepared
1: for it. Um, I, I really don't. I really think 95% of them weren't. Because you have to have an infrastructure in place. And I think that's one thing that this is going to do is companies are going to have an infrastructure in place so that at the turn of a hat, they could send everyone to work from home. Like I know for me, I'm going back to the office. My job's going back to the office. I'll be back at the physical location. But what's going to be different is I'm sure my company, like many other companies, will now have things in place so that if they wanted to send everyone to work from home, They could do it at the drop of a hat as opposed to what happened here where pretty much everybody kind of stumbled to the finish line, picking up the pieces and getting things in place.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I completely agree. I think we're going to have to see those infrastructures be built for work from home. Um, I'm very fortunate that I work at a company that has been working on this literally for the past two years um to make sure that it was possible to work from home uh so like I I feel I yeah like I said I feel very fortunate that I'm able to do my job just like from the comfort of my own bedroom and eventually I will be back at the office I don't know when that will be um but in reality I could do my job from home forever like I could have started my job from home and been completely fine.
1: Dan, I feel the same way. My entire job can be done from home. You know, I personally I like being in an office. I like the person to person interaction. But so this job could be done right from where my ass is parked. Yeah, I, I much prefer to be honest, like also, I
0: much prefer being in the office. Um I I think especially for the job that I do, which is so communication heavy, um, and it's like talking with um like software engineers and Uh, certain teams that we're building software for, uh, just being directly in the office and just being able to walk up to them and ask them questions is so much easier than having to set up a Slack call. Um, That being said, like, we've kind of figured it out. Um, And all the
1: meetings have turned into emails, hallelujah.
0: Uh, We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there, but... Um, it's, it's definitely getting better. Um, everybody, especially like the people I work with, everybody's getting better at this work from home thing. Um, yeah. And well, I gotta like, tell you,
1: I think I really think, I really think this is how I might do the podcast from now on. Not that I won't have people physically here anymore, but I do really like this. This really simple doing it like this simplifies a lot of things and increases the turnaround time for getting these episodes out.
0: Yeah, I mean, all it is is that I'm going to send you an audio file, and that's really it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to clip them together. I mean, and that's the other thing. With video, eventually, what I would do is just, I'll just film the fucking thing in OBS and then attach the audio files to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people do their podcasts like this, like, full-time when it was just normal. They didn't ever have to go to each other because it's so much easier.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be the future. But uh, speaking of the future, we have to bring this particular episode to an end. Dan, I do want to thank you for coming on. I believe this is your third appearance. Um, you're welcome on any time. This is the first time we didn't talk about the Eagles, which is funny because the draft just happened. So maybe I'll have you on again soon. Good. Yeah, man. I'll, all I'll say is that the Eagles were very confusing this year. <laughs> I, I Most injury-prone wide receiver core in the game. Hooray. I mean, that's not the big story. The big story is that we drafted a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually not surprised by that, man. I think that's who that's who this team's going to be. Like, you know, that's who they're going to be. They they don't give a fuck. I think that's where the league is going because, uh, god damn, we got to wrap this up. But you've seen the trend where y- your quarterback kind of needs to be on their rookie deal for you to really have a shot at this this thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think more so for me, it's, um, are we, are we telling Carson Wentz that he's injury prone? That's the only worry on my end, but I don't
1: think we're telling him that I think. And I love the guy. I really do. But that's who he's shown himself to be. And he could very easily, very possibly have a very healthy rest of his career but let's be honest, great as a quarterback as he is, I believe he has the potential to win Super Bowls. But he, what has he had, one full, he's played the last game of the season once since he's been with us? I think so, but he's
0: also only gotten hurt at the end of the season or in the playoffs. It's not like he's been out for like
1: large chunks of the season. It's he's also missed... worth knowing two of the times he got hurt were dirty hits. Yeah. You know that's that's the thing. If he had Tom Brady protection, maybe those things wouldn't happen. But hey, look, having drafting another quarterback, I don't think that's a threat for Carson Wentz. That's a threat for my favorite Eagles player, Nate the Stud Sudfeld. <laughs> well, I mean, what does that say? What does that say about their plans for him in the future?
0: I thought he was leco like, oh, already, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: The, oh God, don't say that to me. But look, we got to wrap it up, Dan. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you for being a sage of the lodge and supporting us even through this crisis. Everybody who's listening, thank you for coming on uh, Dan, you're the man, dude left it out. Dude, thank you for having me Of course Good night all you sick fucks And so, I can bring this out what you've forgotten If I ask you, who are you? Will you say I'm Paul Jones, or whatever your name happens to be I say, oh no, no.
0: Don't, don't give me that stuff Who are you really? Who are you?
1: Olha ah, isso.